This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hey, Steeler Nation, this is Chad Brown, and you are listening to SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Stryker, and with me is a man who just suffered his first loss as a co-host, but he always learns from his mistakes. Hunter Homestack. Hunter, right. how you That's doing, right. brother? Good, man. <laughs> Having a beautiful day despite the Steelers' loss. Not ideal. Feels, yeah. feels pretty crappy to lose. I got to say, winning is a lot cooler than losing. Who knew? But uh, yeah. it's time to bounce back. It's time to bounce back. I don't lose too straight. <laughs> yeah, don't lose too straight. And uh, that was, uh, you know, Steelers ended up making it into the playoffs by not having to win a game. Getting out to that 11-game lead early in the season helped. I think it was – was it – um. Was it the Colts loss? Who lost that got us in? Or Miami? The Dolphins lost, Miami I believe. Kansas City. Yeah. That's right. So that put us into the playoffs. And now with Cleveland dropping a game there to the uh, Ravens, Steelers only have to win one of their next three games to uh, finalize this division chokehold. And I'm hoping it's this week. It should happen. I mean, I, I still have extremely high hopes and expectations that they're going to win the division and be fine come playoff time. But there's no doubt that things are rocky right now. Like if you're one of those Steelers fans that feels like the sky is falling and everything's on fire, I kind of get that. I kind of get where you're coming from, but I would say probably hold off on that. They're still 11 and two. Now this, the scary thing is that it's becoming a trend of poor performances, even the couple that they won before that. So I understand that, yeah. but, uh, They'll, they'll be okay. You know, this is a, a veteran team that has shown it can bounce back and handle adversity. So I think they're figuring some things out right now and we'll be fine. And let's take a look over here at our sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises. Today, Steeler Nation, they no are way. giving away a signed Jack Ham jersey, Color Rush jersey. So, and this is just for their dailies. Like they're giving away something different each day. Go over to at Total Sports ENT. All you have to do is retweet it. Like them and retweet it. Easy. You're entered to win a Jack Ham jersey. And there's a two for today. The second jersey that you can win today is the one specifically for this game. Heinz Ward Gotham jersey. No one, way. The one where he returned a kick for a touchdown and then they blew up the stadium. Damn you, Bane. But <laughs> you can get yourself a signed Heinz, Worthy, Heinz Ward Gotham jersey right here. Total Sports Enterprises will be giving that one out tomorrow. 
So you got two ways to win today. Good luck, Steeler Nation. Get some good gifts for either yourself or for some friends and family, all thanks to Total Sports Enterprises. Dude, we, we've had some good jerseys and some good giveaways from them this year, but those are by far the, the two best. That's insane. Happy yeah. holidays, everybody. Jack, let me throw one at you spontaneously here, Stryker. Sure. sure. Jack Ham is the best outside linebacker in Steelers history. Agree or disagree? Was he playing outside? I thought he played inside. No, he's an outside backer for outside sure. Backer. Great coverage though, because yes. they played a, they played the four three back then, and Jack held down the middle. Yes, yeah. Jack Lambert, I guess. Jack Lambert, yes. Both Sorry, Jacks. yes. Jack Lambert held down the middle. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for correcting my mind there for a second as I spazzed. So, best outside linebacker in Steeler history. Let me think. Uh, the other ones that I'd put up there would be Lloyd, uh, Kevin Green. He yeah. didn't play his whole career with us. Obviously, he had three good years with Blitzburg. Um, yeah, Porter had some great years. He's Hall of Fame capable. Um, and now we got Watt. So, right now, I'd have to say yes. Longevity with the Steelers, being a Hall of Famer, I'd say that that's a good argument. That's a good yeah. argument. That's one I, it's one at least that I can't poke holes into. For sure. And forgot, yeah. forgot James Harrison in your rundown of oh, all Oh, thank you. Thank you very but much. Still, but Super still. Bowl. Yeah, Hall of Fame caliber yeah because like, he's one of my all-time favorites as well as he's done that greg lloyd mold but yeah yeah and but, jack and, and i love jack ham like anybody listening i would urge you if you're not super familiar with his body of work like go back and watch some old tape he's he's a player that i genuinely think would be even better in today's nfl he was so far ahead of his time he was an amazing coverage linebacker yeah. which you know we yep. see more and more of but he he was honestly a little ahead of his time so That's it's really awesome. cool really cool to watch and so moving on, at least like these past games, and we're starting to talk about the offensive woes a little bit. I mean, they're starting to look a little bit like last year's offense in December, as opposed to the Ben Roethlisberger led uh, offense in December. He had a down game, uh, obviously the only three drops, which is good for us three or four, I think total in the game. But uh, the first three were early. I mean, you're talking about first drives. So <laughs> I think they're kind of drive killers and they kind of, took the Steelers a little bit of time to get going and steal, you know, Ben ended up having two touchdowns, but two interceptions to go with it. And of course, losing that sack streak at six games, which ended up being the second longest streak of most attempts between sacks. Mm -hmm. So the, and the only, the, the only person that's better is the Dan Marino offenses offenses in the early nineties. And wow. we didn't even make it halfway. He's in the seven hundreds between that's snaps. And Steelers are around like 270 something. It's so like not even halfway to it's number unreal. one. That's how good a the pass blocking was for Miami Dolphins, and also how good the Dan Marino was at getting the ball out quickly, which really was set that that stage for being that quarterback that right. could get the ball out as quickly as possible and accurately to his receivers. That's one of those stats that sounds fake. You yeah. know, that doesn't even make sense to have to go that long without getting sacked. But yeah, unfortunate to see the Steelers cough that up. But overall, you got to be happy with the pass protection. But as you definitely alluded to and said, it's also a product of Ben simply getting the ball out of his hand so fast. There's, yeah. And I forget which defender it was. It was somebody on the Washington football team, I think, that said they could have a free rush with no offensive line blocking them. And they still wouldn't get to him just based on how fast he's getting rid of the ball. Like, wow. So it's half blocking and half the product of simply how fast he's getting the ball out of his hand. So there's that the offensive line for run blocking, however. <laughs> yes. 
Well, we got I, nothing. I, we got nothing good to say about that, ladies and gentlemen. Guaranteed. Well, I thought in the first half the Steelers actually did a decent job of moving the football in the running game. They were getting three yards of carry, four yards of carry. They had one rip off for nine. Um, they looked decent. Um, I don't know if it was a product of Feekner getting hurt and Dotson coming in early before he got hurt as well. But once we hit the second second half, I, and this may be scheme over yeah. um, the line themselves, but when we got down, we had to pass to get back into the game. And it's not like we're going to be running the football you know, effectively, and they know that we're going to pass, so they're rushing hard, and they've got everybody right. near the line of scrimmage. So that became kind of like, a give and a take, but the thing that's that I've found that's really starting to screw with the Steelers is their hurry up offense. Yeah. Everybody was saying, yeah, Filer as well. Everybody was saying that, you know, Steelers hurry up offense. Like, like you know, Ben's got to call all the plays. You know, Randy Feekner sucks. Like, let Ben, ben do the hurry up offense. And these last two games, we're talking about turnover. Here, what, what are we at here? I actually wrote it down here just so I could talk to us about it. Um, goodness, I probably put it down here in the question area. Yeah. So interception, pick six, interception, turnover on downs. That's the last Beautiful. two games. Hurry up two minute, trying to push the, push the ball down the field quickly. Uh, we're not getting it done. So the, no. the part that was the strength, the part that we were able to rely on when Randy Feekner's play calling wasn't working and it's time for Ben to make plays to kind of switch it up. That is, isn't even helping us out moving the football anymore, and it closed out both of those games, unfortunately, with, uh, with interceptions. And this kind of to echo back to what I said when we started about people being extremely concerned right now. Like, everything you just said is why, because there were these things that we felt all along, well, if they just do this, if they just do no huddle, if they just hurry up, if they just let Ben call the plays, it'll solve itself. And now that's not working anymore either. Ben's starting to get hit a little more. His arm is noticeably – not as strong on deep passes and not even attempting deep passes anymore. The yeah. pass to James Washington, the touchdown to James Washington was a beautiful oh, throw. It, that's, yeah. it's so, that's what makes the whole conversation so difficult to me because I would almost prefer knowing like, oh man, like Ben's arm is shot. Like his arm is like, you guys all remember Peyton, Peyton Manning in, in his final year, how bad he was. And it was just obvious. Like, dude, your arm's gone. Yeah. Like that could be the case for Ben, but then that pass to Washington that's not somebody whose arm is gone. Like no. there, it's something else. His arm's still there. He didn't step into the the interception going to James at all. So I understand yeah. like that one, that one made more sense. Um, it's just, and that's really the problem of it is that it's just confusing right now. Like yeah. there's no obvious answer. Like you would want to see, there's no obvious solution. Like you would want to see, they just got to figure it out, man. They got to get their crap together. And for me, Hunter, I'm with you. It's not the arm at all. His arm's surgically repaired. It's looking great. He's got the zing. To me, though, it looks like it's starting to be his legs are starting to fail him. I, th I think that game against the Cowboys, when he hurt both of his knees, he's not going to be 100% be because of it. A lot of the time, he's throwing the ball just with his upper body, not yeah. stepping into throws. Obviously, on the interception that he threw that was the pick six, and that Cowboys game, he's, he was the one that dove and Superman at the sideline and made that tackle because he wasn't hurt. Like mm -hmm. in this game though, you know, he, he, he didn't, he knew he threw the interception. He didn't even make it past the hash. Like no. I could see him like lumbering toward that side on a pursuit angle, but you know, he had the angle. He knew it was intercepted immediately and he didn't, he, he could have, a healthy Ben would have gotten there. Healthy yeah. Ben would at least slowed up the, the interception there a little bit because still had some time, still had some baggage. It's still a little bit downfield. There's enough time for him to recover a little bit to at least get in the way.
Yeah, and what's what's alarming about that, I think, and you touched on it a little bit there, was that the physical ailment, which we're saying, you know, maybe his knees, maybe there's nothing official just to put that no. out there. there as far as the Steelers uh, other are concerned, than the, the injury fine. report right. is listing him as a as a not injury related slash knee injury. Yeah, so yeah. Like, which that's been the last. I don't know what that means, but yeah, it, it doesn't seem to be anything super serious. But what's alarming about it to me is that it is affecting his mechanics in that way. Yeah. We like you just said, he wasn't stepping into passes. You could tell he was hesitant to put a lot of weight on that front foot when he was making passes. So. I don't know if it's in his head to where, hey, my knee hurts. I'm going to try to just muscle these with all arm, but it's clearly not working. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's a shame to watch the downfall, so to speak, but it's also important to recognize that it's just two losses in a row and there's plenty of time left. Rushing game, though, 47 yards rushing. This is the fifth time this season they've been under 50 yards and that's a that's a record for this team as well. Hey, um, setting records all over the place with this team. Good and bad, it seems. <laughs> and, but let's talk about the receivers because at least, well, there's some interesting um, aspects that happen. I mean, obviously nobody put up great numbers. Juju led this week with six catches for 55 yards and the big touchdown uh, on seven targets. And he he had, though, his seventh touchdown, and that ties a career high for a season for Juju. So – little bit of kudos there to Juju for his uh, season high of seven touchdowns with still, you know, three games left to play, right? Three or four. We have three. Yeah, three. And three. Um, yeah. Deontay Johnson, <laughs> I, I was surprised that the uh, and the announcers said he might have a case of the yips there, and I immediately thought of you, Hunter. Yeah. We were talking about that, too. I think Collinsworth touched base on yeah. that with his two drops. That's um, crazy. So, on seven targets. So, you know, how did that feel, at least in that moment when you were watching the game? Oh man, it it was crazy. And the reason, like, I, I love to golf. I, I, yeah. I'm a golfer. So the yips are very well known to me. Like I understand the way something can get in your head and it's a shot that you've done a million times in your life. It mostly refer to it to putting, but it can happen on any shot. You know, yeah. we've seen, if you guys follow golf and have seen Charles Barkley's swing, <laughs> it just became like, that is the ultimate yip right there. Like yeah. he, he used to be a great golfer and then it just turned into that. It's sports can be so mental. And with something like catching a football and in Deontay's, uh case i think it was pretty obvious like he's in his head he has the talent for sure to catch footballs everybody knows that his drops have never been this much of a concern but as soon as he dropped that first one the quick little screen and it was just like like it could have been a quick hitter for a good oh my goodness and and it was so clear that the team was like okay let's get this out of his head hit him with a quick screen get one going and and we're good as soon as he dropped that, I was like, oh, it's going to be a long day because now that's in his head. Now the yeah. pressure's double. Yep. And, dude, I was legitimately concerned when they benched him too because I know, like, that's – I even tweeted, like, you got to bench him after that second drop. I tweeted yeah. that. But but yeah. then, like, I kind of took it back because these guys – how you got to think about the psychology behind this. If If it is mental and you bench them, when they go back in the game, they there's now that much added pressure on top of it. So they yeah. know, like, this is my last chance, however you want to look at it. So it could have made the issue worse. So I think what was super, super good to see was in the second half when he did get back in, made a couple catches. Nothing huge, but nice, clean catches and just kind of got back on track. So I have hopes that he's getting back on track. But, I mean, dude, it wasn't just him. Like, Ebron yeah. dropped another third down, and and it's just – I don't know. Yeah. I don't have an answer for the drops, man. It's crazy. Well, the only person that's not really dropping the ball right now is James Washington. I mean, um, <laughs> he's, he's had a good game again to fifth touchdown of the year. And he has had four touchdowns for his previous two seasons. 
So, I mean, yeah. he's having a career season as far as touchdowns go. I know he had better yardage last year. But it looks like the Steelers were working him in more. It looked like Chase Claypool started losing some snaps, too, because of it. Yeah, that and that was interesting to see. And I think Tomlin just talked about that today. He said Chase Claypool hasn't hit the rookie wall, but yeah. they're trying to prevent him from doing so. And yeah. that's why kind of they're limiting his snaps. So that makes sense. It's crazy, man. And we talked about it, you know, before, I feel like, as Chase was heating up for sure very early in the season, the potential of a rookie wall, that's a very real thing. It's very rare that a rookie will just sustain high production throughout an entire season, and especially with an abbreviated training camp like this yeah. year, like they had. So so it's nice to know that there is a reason why Chase's snaps are getting limited. You know, he's not hurt. There's nothing wrong. It's more of a preventative measure from the Steelers, from what from what it sounds like, at least from what they're telling us. So that's good to know. I think Chase will be fine. You know, Chase, Chase will always be that – home run hitter for them right now with upside to do a whole lot more. So that's a good place to be. So at least situationally in the game, they did a little bit better red zone. They were at least two for two, but unfortunately they only got to the red zone twice. Held <laughs> Buffalo at two for five uh, penalties were low again this week, three penalties, 55 yards, seven for 48 for the bills. Turnovers are of course were a big equalizer two and two there, but third down efficiency is to me is where they lost the game. Steelers were one for 10 on third down. Bills were 50% at seven for 14, whereas like Steelers killed the Bills in the first half on third down. Second half, it seemed like they made all of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was a totally different game after yeah. the half. The pick six was such a noticeable momentum shift for yeah. everything. And it, it baffles me to this day, as much as I've watched sports and watched football, how something like that can change the tone of a game. Like, it's a very interesting <laughs> dynamic to me when something like that happens. But it was so noticeable and obvious it was just like man it, it was unfortunate totally different game once Josh Allen to Diggs connection started going man Diggs is and we talked about this in the pregame I've I just you know piled praise upon Stefan Diggs one yeah. of my absolute favorite receivers in the game fantastic he's such a problem man the yeah, way he runs routes and I know like people want to look at Cam Sutton slipping and Steven Nelson slipping but if you really watch those routes, the reason they're slipping is because he is impossible to keep up with when yeah. he's running route. Like he he's twisted them up. Yeah. 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 He twisted them up. It was essentially like crossing somebody over, you know, in basketball. That's, that's what he does. So, and there's, there's no defense really. Like nobody has stopped him all year. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL having a career year. He's on pace to break every bills receiver record out there. Wow. So, wow. He's and just, you've got some excellent and, and bills receivers. Yeah. You've got all some hall of famers. Yeah. Yeah. Andre Reed. Exactly. You know, BB back then on the big K gun teams. I mean, geez, exactly. That is something else. Yeah, man. So, so Diggs is just a problem. Getting beat by him is not a huge deal to me because that's just what kind of player he is. You got to be completely firing on all cylinders to stop that bills offense, which we said, and Hey, they scored 26 points and six, seven of them were the pick six. So all in yeah. all, the Steelers yeah. defense did a great job in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it would have been a 15 to 19 game there on that last drive for the Steelers to try to take the lead. But you know, at least I, mean, I wouldn't even say at least they had one more good thing happen from that game. They were able to set the record for sacks now in 70 straight yeah. games. And that was with the Tyson Alu Alu um, fumble sack fumble that he forced on Johnson um, should have been two. I'll, I'll show you one here quick, but um, interesting aspects. So th this now spans since week nine versus Baltimore uh, in 2016 was when the sack streets streaks started. That's really crazy. first person led it with two sacks was the guy that I forgot earlier. And you reminded me James Harrison. 
Wow. Jake Harrison started this streak with the first two sacks in that game. And then uh, Shazier and Chiquillo combined on a half sack for the, for the final beautiful. sack late in that game to uh, start this whole streak to where we're at now with Tyson Alualu giving us the record here last week. But I want you to go to the film here and show you guys here currently on Facebook, Twitter. When you rewatch it, you can see it here on YouTube. But there's a specific play where the Steelers actually should have gotten a second sack. Nice. And, hey, man, just a quick shout-out because I see a yeah. lot of new faces in the comments. So we appreciate yeah. all you guys tuning in. And if you ask a question, we will get to it. Like, we're absolutely not ignoring you. Oh, we yes. got a little question and answer at the end. So we'll throw them in there. We appreciate any and all questions and look forward to getting to them. Yeah, and just be patient because sometimes we get to the questions as we're talking anyway, which is why we save them for the end. So Yeah, you never Twitter know. Just please. throw them in. You got any questions, throw them up. We'll be talking about them here when we get to the Q&A section for our questions from Steeler Nation. So, All right. So here tape. we are at the screen that I guys want I wanted to show this to you. This was on um right first play of the second quarter. And uh this is a play where they're bringing Sutton in here off of the edge. So let me slide this over here a hair so I can get this thing to start. There we go. I'll shrink this down a bit so I can see it. So you got Sutton coming in off the edge and you guys remember it's the play that looks like oh it looked like a, he got hit in the ball, hits the ground, it must be incomplete. Um no, it, it actually wasn't. Um, we're going to see the replay coming up here. First replay, though, is going to be from the pretty much the same angle, so it's really tough to see. But they, they highlight Sutton nicely here, showing him on it, how he's going to come in here off the edge. And the uh, tight end did a good job of, of uh, at least pushing him a little wider. So, I mean, because he would have hit him blind and probably knocked that ball to the ground. But right here, that's it. Mm. That is the spot where he hits the ball and knocks it loose. And I'm going to bring it back to there, too, because – they do that a little too quickly. Come on. Ah. And, of course, I go too far. So, um, but initially, I'm going to slow it down once we get here to this replay as well. So, I, I'm going to super slow-mo. They're super slow-mo. You're going to see his arm is moving backwards when he hits the ball. The ball the, immediately comes out of the grasp of his hands, and Josh Allen throws a live fumble. So, that yeah. is a – he th as a throwing a fumble. If you would have reviewed that play, I don't know who we have in the booth. Second week in a row that I yelled, yep. who is reviewing that play? The week before we talked about the lateral, yep. uh, which they screwed up. Same kind of play. Steelers need somebody in the booth to make sure that they're getting these plays right because extra possessions are how you win football games in the NFL. And that is the second week. And this one's even more so. Like, this one is a cut-and-dry fumble. It's yeah. at, his hand moves backward. He, it hits a hand, and then which pushes it forward. But the ball is already out when it hits that hand. So yeah. he throws a fumble. And yeah, uh, Steelers land on it too. It was uh, Justin Lane clearly recovered it too. So it yeah. would have been Steeler football if they reviewed it. And I'm sure like a lot of you watching the game have the same experience as me when you're watching games that you're kind of, you have your friends. For me, it's like my dad and some friends that I text nonstop during the game. <laughs> my phone just blew up when that play happened. Like that's a fumble. They need a challenge. Yeah. Like it, it was yeah. one of those ones that was so obvious that it surprised me for sure that they didn't challenge it. And I'm like, you, man, like, where's the guy in the booth? Because I remember when this was a conversation a couple years ago when yeah. Tomlin kept losing challenges or missing opportunities, they were like, they need to appoint something, somebody to do that. And as far as I know, they did and have not fired yeah. that person or changed that. So I don't know what he's doing anymore. It was I, a, yeah, absolutely was a fumble. To have that corrected. You're right. We talked right. about that in the preseason this year. Yeah. They, they hired someone specifically to help them out with replays. And 
I don't know if this guy's blind or what, but he's no Ernie Adams, I'll tell you that. And that's one worth just at least taking a chance on, man, because that's that's yeah. a game, you know, a turnover like that with a clear recovery, that could change everything. We just talked about how a turnover could change the momentum of a game. Who knows? And Sutton was clearly fired up. But, yeah. you know, even though he didn't get credited with it, man, shout out to Cam Sutton there. That was a, that was yeah. a hell of a play. And he and Hilton have both been just fantastic all season. They've got some decisions to make there in the future. And even without that sack fumble, which he, which he forced, I mean, Cam Sutton still had – three passes defense and a fumble recovery. So, yeah. I mean, he was all, and that I, both, both he and Hilton, I thought was a monster in this yeah. game. Again, uh, five tackles. One was behind the line of scrimmage, one TFL, an interception, a pass defense and a forced fumble. I mean, the guy was disruptive as hell. And I thought he played well enough to get us in position to win this game. Absolutely. Um, and, but still strong play. Avery Williamson coming in and Marcus Allen. Like, I was worried about the middle linebackers. I don't know, you guys, Steeler Nation. And man. Jordan, but, man, man, it's like I was looking at our middle linebackers. And I'm like, well, I'm happy we have Avery Williamson because that's why he's a starter caliber. But he ended up with 11 tackles. Marcus Allen came in with eight tackles and a TFL. So, you know, they we didn't get hurt in the middle of the field. We got I'm hurt glad. on the edges with digs, <laughs> and we got hit hurt on the edges with digs. That was yeah, pretty much that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very glad you brought that up, man, because I wanted to for sure shout out their performance and that next man up mentality that we talked yeah. about all season. All season. Spillane had it, and then Spillane goes down, and we're like, oh, man, what now? But, like, Marcus Allen was phenomenal. And I know Avery yeah. Williamson was too, but Marcus Allen surprised me more. So, like, that's the guy who stood out more to me because I was worried when they transitioned him to inside linebacker this – off season, I was like, okay, that seems like a safety valve. They they just understand that maybe he can't play safety at the NFL level, but they like him enough and are just trying to keep him around. It seemed like a, a courtesy move almost, if you will, but then he yeah. gets in the game and gets a chance to play. And it's like, okay, like Marcus Allen can play inside linebacker in the NFL. Like he's yeah, like, that's crazy. in that game. <laughs> but, and that's, that goes to show you too, because essentially by the Steelers saying, okay, we're going to change Marcus Allen into an inside linebacker, that's also stating – because we knew he was a box safety and he was a great box right. safety in Penn State. And he was making some good plays in preseason for us because we knew he had the ability. But Steelers like these rangy, athletic linebackers that can cover receivers, tight yep. ends, running backs yep. out of the backfield. What better, what better position to switch to and to create one of those athletic linebackers than to, ch to convert one of your box safeties. Like even Brooks, he's got the potential to do that too. They just um, yeah. picked up this year from the university of Maryland. So, you know, it's kudos to the Steelers for adding speed and trying to get a lot more coverage capable people that are either going to be box safeties or inside linebackers now with that transition with Allen, but, yeah. but it's showing that it can work in the NFL and he, he did a good job. Truly, man. I couldn't agree more. And, and same goes for Justin Lane for me. You know, I've been impressed yeah. when Justin Lane has gotten the game. There is he not did. a noticeable drop-off, which is saying a lot. Yeah. When you're coming in for either Joe Hayden or Steven Nelson, those those two guys are beasts. So I'm just super impressed with the defense in general, the next man up mentality that all year, like I said, they talked about this all year, but it has absolutely played out on the field. And as much as the defense was maybe not as dominant against the Bills as we're used to seeing this year. Yeah. It was not, like I said earlier, it's not a bad defensive performance. Like the final score, no. you got to remember, six of those points were a pick six. So yeah. that's not on the defense. I no, mean, it wasn't. ultimately, if you get out of there holding the Bills to 20 points, I would have been very happy. That would have been a big win to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, the last person I just wanted to mention too was Steven Nelson with three passes defense. He did an excellent job being the go-to guy who was initially on digs for the first half. It looks like, looked like they moved digs over to the other side to be on the Sutton lane side mm-hmm. in the second half. And he was getting a little bit more open in these coverages. Um, but I mean, you have Hayden and Nelson in a game against the Buffalo bills. I don't see digs. I see digs still doing well. I yeah. still see him getting some catches, but I don't see him being as disruptive if you have both Hayden and Nelson playing against Diggs for a yeah. future game. Yeah, he, he's a guy that you're not never going to completely shut down, Diggs. So you, you're okay with him getting, you know, six, seven catches and 80 yards, something like that. What you got to prevent is the complete explosion like he had. Like that's still unacceptable, but he's one of those guys that – you know, Steelers fans will know from the, the A.B. days. Like, A.B. would always get his. Like, he had that ridiculous five-catch, 50-yard streak that was an NFL record. Like, you're not going to stop him completely, but it, you just got to contain him. And the Steelers didn't really do that. And another big point that I want to make, too, about the middle linebackers doing their job is you take a look at their runners. And you got Zach Moss with 13 carries, 43 yards. Singletary had seven for 32. Allen, of course, I mean, the quarterback yards are a little different, but six for 28. Uh, and then Diggs had one for one yard. I mean, the middle <laughs> linebackers were doing their job in the run game, holding them right yeah. around 100 yards rushing total as a team, which is a win for our defense to currently with his, uh, the way our defense has been covering the run lately. I know Buffalo is not really known as being a, a run-first offense or a power-running offense, so it kind of fit to our mold a little bit. But still, we didn't get gashed there. We didn't get gashed really on Josh Allen. He was much more accurate in the second half than he was in the first half. For sure. Um, but, I mean, he, his stats still weren't throwing the world, world on fire, but just Diggs had an excellent, excellent game. And we've been talking about that all year too, Hunter, is every time the Steelers play a team, we tend to let one receiver feast. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. usually it doesn't kill the Steelers, but it ended up being the difference in this game. And usually it's a, ran- it's a more random receiver than their top dog that everybody knew was the alpha, like, yeah. like uh, Fulgham. Like, where did that guy even yes. come from for the Eagle? <laughs> but- like, it's, a- it's always something like that, but this time it just so happened to be the superstar. <laughs> yeah. And one last point I want to make is punts. Yeah. Punts. Talk to eight, me about punts. Eight punts last game. Eight. A lot. Doesn't seem good. We had 69 punts last year, all last nice. year. This year, with Ben Roethlisberger, we're on pace for 76. Hey, so, Duck is better than Ben Roethlisberger. Everybody knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an awful lot of punts. I would not have thought the way that they've had this win streak, the way everything's been going. I mean, we, we're definitely punting more lately than we have early. But at least we got. if we have to have somebody punt, I'm glad that it's Barry instead of Colquitt. He's doing yeah, a no doubt. job. But – but I, I didn't think that it, this was one of Barry's strongest games. I didn't think he was really getting the boomage that he had gotten in earlier games for us, and I hope that that can turn around a bit. Agree, and he struggled in the colder weather last year as well. That's when his yeah. descent kind of started to happen, so I hope that's not a trend that we're going to see again right now because that was obviously a cold game up in Buffalo. But one thing I would like to see on that punt stat, and I know I know that the defense was getting after it last year too and causing a ton of turnovers, but I would like to see kind of – punts per drive or some kind of percentage because it's possible that the offense has had the ball more this year as well. Like maybe it's actually a less punt percentage. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, these are my Yinzer yes. goggles guys. I put my Yinzer goggles on to try to make that sound a little better for you. <laughs> oh, that always works. So Hunter, who's your game ball going to on offense? On off, offense is tough to pick, man, because <laughs> like, like we just said, it was pretty, 
pretty disappointing all around. And I think it, it comes down to either Juju or James Washington, yeah. right? Yep. So for me, I'm going to go with James just because I like seeing him seize the opportunity. I expect that out of Juju. I expect good performances from him. But it's yeah. nice to see James take over. And when Deontay got benched, it was James who got his snap. So nice of him to seize that opportunity and show up. And I will go with uh, take Juju since you're taking James. Uh, obviously, I mean, he's still the go-to guy. He was making the tough catches, targeted seven times, made six catches. He's not known as a dropper right now, so that is awesome. And, um, you know, we, we need him moving forward, obviously. So on the de yeah. defensive side of the ball, who was your favorite? Honestly, man, going to surprise you, but we already talked about it. Marcus Allen, just awesome. because. We'll awesome. Talk about a guy stepping up and seizing the opportunity. I thought he was going to be a liability. I genuinely was concerned about that position going yeah. in and ended up not, not just doing his job, but, act, but making plays. He wasn't silent out there. Like sometimes silent is fine, you know, like – Terrell Edmonds, we talked about so long. Like, when you don't hear about Terrell Edmonds, that's a good thing. You know, he's not yeah. getting burnt. He's just out there doing his job. Yeah. That's what I thought from Marcus Allen. But, like, Marcus Allen actually made his presence known. So, that, that was a big win for me. And me, I'm going with Hilton. Hilton made splash play after splash play, defending a guy nine inches taller than him in the end zone when he's covering the, uh, the tight end. He knocked it away in the first half. I know he got the pass interference foul yeah. in the second half. But, man – the guy is just a high motor and I, I absolutely awesome. just love his and every week. It seems like he splits, a, splits the two lead blockers to make the tackle on a screen every week. And it, it's and at least getting a piece, even when, like the one he missed, he still got a piece of the guy's foot. The guy is just insane on how quickly he reads and reacts to plays. And then he makes these splash plays because of it. It's so bizarre to see, man, and the splitting defenders on a screen is one of my absolute favorite plays. It's the Me most too. Troy – it's so Troy Polamalu, yeah. man. Yeah. I haven't seen a guy do it since Troy, and it's crazy yeah. that of all people, it's Mike Hilton. And I know yeah. that sounds like a slight on Mike Hilton, but I feel like he loves that. Like, he loves being the underdog and clearly just thrives in that role. But kind of like I alluded to earlier, man, they got tough decisions with him and Sutton both due for contracts here soon. So they yeah. probably can't keep both, but, man, would you love to? I know. But injury-wise, now moving forward for this game, Matt Filer was placed on injured reserve with a torn pectoral. It was a quick – I mean, they threw him up before they even did the MRI. So, it is – he's messed up. He's not coming back this year. You know, prayers go out to Matt, you and your family, man. Get back, get healthy soon. And I hope this you can recover from this with no, you know, no uh, adverse effects or lingering effects. Yeah. Uh, Joe Hayden missed the game with concussion using concussion protocol, uh, both on his Instagram and – uh, Coach Tomlin mentioned today in the presser they expect to have him back this week. So yeah. it looks like he'll start practicing this week. It would be nice to have him and Nelson back again in that defensive secondary. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Dotson, initially it was reported as a pectoral tear as well, but it turns out that his was a shoulder, and they still think that he can come back this game. Then you had minor bumps and bruises. You had Alex Highsmith with a shoulder. He came, he came out for a few plays. Cam Hayward had his knee and his hand looked at during the game but didn't seem to miss any snaps. Uh, Chooks Okorafor missed a couple snaps with an ankle. Uh, James Conner evidently has a quad issue now, and uh, Terrell Edmonds has a shoulder he's dealing with. So we'll take a look at the way that those guys are going to shape out the rest of the week. But those are the guys on the team that we got to worry about this week on whether they're going to be available. And the last one being our only person currently on the COVID reserve list being Vince Williams. He is eligible to return on the 19th, which is before the Cincy game. So he's got a yeah. chance coming back. Man, your your injury reports get longer every week, and I do not like that, Stryker. <laughs> it's a, 
Well, the, the, there's a plus and a minus to it. They get shorter for two ways. And one, they're longer because a lot of these are bang-ups. This is the day after the game or two days mm-hmm. after the game. I mean, right. most of these guys are just light bang-ups. I'm not expecting any of them to miss time. You know, Dotson's the question mark for me. They're really the only question mark is Dotson. Though, you know, hearing about Connor and Edmonds weren't, weren't something that I didn't hear from the previous sure, game. So. Sure. But, the, but the COVID list is the one that throws it up. And that it's is throwing, crazy. throwing players from your injury report to injured reserve. Right. So, like, we got a lot of guys there, too. So it's, it's unreal, like, man. We're putting it's one a, there every week. It's been unreal. And they, yeah. the, the players were definitely dropping against the Bills, man. You could tell the injuries were starting to pile up. Like, I mean, everybody you just named, just the in-game injuries were extremely high. So well, that was not – not good to see and I know like the the three games in 12 days is not unheard of for sure when you go like Sunday Sunday Thursday or however you want to split it I know that's not unheard of but this late in the season when you didn't get a real bye week because the bye was spontaneous and you didn't really even get to enjoy it in week four nonetheless that long ago there's no doubt in my mind that there was some wear involved in that that they were breaking down it was all over their body language it was just obvious to me watching the game so Hopefully they can get adequate rest before this Monday night game against the Bengals and, and be fine. Because at this point, I obviously I think they're going to beat the Bengals and it shouldn't be that much of a struggle to do so. But if they lose and just stay super healthy, nobody else goes down, that's fine because it's all about the playoffs right now. It's about yes. the playoffs. They made the playoffs. They're in. Yep. All I care about now is winning throughout the playoffs. They could, yep. they could lose out and win the yeah. Super Bowl. Nobody's going to care. <laughs> Yeah, to tell you the truth now, it comes down to just really one more win for the Steelers. I mean, you're going to lock right. up the worst that the, – if the Steelers win one more game, statistically, the worst that they will do is a three seed. The best that they will do, it seems, will be a two seed. Because um, the way that – unless, you know, Kansas City finds a way to drop two games. Because I, even if they lose to New Orleans, I think they still have strength of victory over us. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really not going to help us out even if they lose to New Orleans because they'd have to lose a second time and we'd have to lo- win out. So yeah. that's not happening. There is no buy for a two or a three seed. Sure. So we're going to start looking at these next two weeks for wrestling starters. And might we might have, you know, we might have even have like a Rudolph start in the game. Ugh. Ugh. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> Just in don't time for that. Christmas. Please Rudolph don't say that. Bird Steeler no. has a really strong no. Yenzer arm. <laughs> no no amount of fun song will make me want to see mason rudolph under center striker <laughs> yeah but you know it's not something that i would look forward to happening but i'd understand it honestly i i would understand if that's got to happen then yes that's got to sure. happen thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. So Steeler fans, don't fret about two losses in the row. Crack open a Pepsi and let's start our new winning streak. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. 
Indeed is the number one job site in the world for more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed's match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. So now we're at the point of the show, Steeler Nation. Hey, Twitter, if you got a question, time to start throwing them up there because we're going to start. Oh, wait, no, we, we forgot to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. My Dude, Lord, my the, cat just reminded me. Honestly, I was totally fine with not even talking. Like, who cares? It's the Bengals. <laughs> who cares? Yeah, it's the Bengals. Playing. We know them. What do we need to say? Well, who's busy. their quarterback? Do we now? really That's need to old- say anything? The Ryan only Finley, thing that I, I want to know is who is their current quarterback, and you is tell it us still about Ryan Finley, dude. I don't know. I literally didn't do my homework this <laughs> week because it's the Bengals. I don't care. You got one <laughs> job, Hunter. One job. Look at their roster. I don't know. I don't know. I'll look at their depth Ryan chart Finley. here to make it seem like know. we know what we're talking about here, Steeler Nation. <laughs> no, we're we're just unprofessional guys. We we don't do our homework. <laughs> All right, here we go. I their quarterback. Know. Quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals is Brandon Allen right now. Brandon yeah, Allen. Over was, Ryan Finley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But they still hey. got for, Yep. Same person as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think Joe is much better. No, no, Joe Burrow's amazing. I'm saying once you get once you get past him. Yeah, true. Sure. It's like the choose your own adventure. Could so. be, could, Mason or Duck, you know? I don't care. It's not Ben. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, so that's what we're looking at. So, so now we'll take the questions. Anybody here on Twitter, you got some questions, throw them up there. We'll read them. I know we go to SteelerNation.com to get a lot of our questions from the greatest um, football forum on the internet, guys. SteelerNation.com. Sign up. It's free to join. It's a lot of fun. And we talk a lot. I, I'm on there all the time as Cope. So we have a great time busting each other's balls and just talking about <laughs> great ideas strategies and analyses and just having fun, there. fun. but my cat is just all over the place right now like she's so excited it's Bengals week she is like jumping from ledge to ledge and having a great time nice so, questions from Steeler Nation first one from NDK 12 uh what does Tomlin do during the game mm. like what's his job he stands there and looks intimidating. That's pretty much it. <laughs> well, he does. I'm, jo- Mo- I'm joking. Mostly, I guess his job is to communicate between like the refs and the coordinators and sure. position coaches. Obviously, he has to utilize some game management. Does the ter- ter- the timeouts, the challenge flags, and then of course individual player communication if they- he sees things or things are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Bill Cower, all- obviously he has the ability to call plays at the end if he sees something. So. That's always a way. And I, I got yeah. a, a question up here, too, from uh, Twitter. Uh, what do you guys think about 
the heat that Juju was taking for dancing on the Bills mm. logo pregame. Nice. My boy Richie Cannellina asked that on Facebook as well, so I was looking forward yeah. to getting to that. Oh, Thanks great. for joining, by the way, Rich. Richie. Hey, you guys yeah. got great minds, Steeler Nation. Think alike. For sure. For sure. And here's where I'm going to sound like an old man striker. Mm-mm. I don't like it. I do not like it. I, I don't like it. Not I one don't. bit. That was good. That was really good. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't stamp on anything. <laughs> Terrell perfect. Owens, he'd run out on that star. That's about it. Well, I'm just going to take it away. Keep going. Know, Keep I, going. I, I can't talk this. <laughs> you know me. I get on a trip. So, so you perfect. don't like it at all, and you don't like it because? Look, I understand the value of TikTok and social media and his brand and all of that. There's yeah. other ways. There's other ways to get the views, Juju, and, and you've shown that throughout your career. I don't have a problem with the silly the Christmas gifts and, and a lot of, you know, the other stuff that he does in general does not bother me. Yeah. But whenever you directly – tick off the opponent that is extremely talented and distract from the game and distract from the focus of the game. And if you think that didn't happen, listen to the Bills post-game comments because they all noticed that Juju did that. And Josh Allen had an amazing quote pre-game firing up his guys. And I'm not going to lie, made me a huge Josh Allen fan. Yeah. He was like, let them do all the F and dance and we're going to go out and play. Like he totally, yeah. it, it pissed him off and he was yeah. not shy about it. And it fired up their guys and they lost. So yeah, I get it. When you're winning and you're having fun, hey, it's whatever. Nobody cares. But when you're on a two-game losing streak and you haven't played well in four weeks and you've dropped passes along the way, maybe don't dance on the other team's logo. Maybe just focus for this game. And then, you know what? If you win, next game, go ahead. Dance on the logo. Do whatever. I don't care. Nice. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you, Twitter. Great, great question. Um, next question from Steelworth. How much input does Matt Canada have into the play design and calls on offense for right now? And for me, Hunter, you can correct me if, if you see something different. But for me, I, I felt like Matt Canada was more visible earlier in the season when we were doing a lot of pre-motion, pre-snap motion. Absolutely. Um, and moving players around. Now, it, it seems with at least the last five, six weeks, we haven't done it at all. And I don't know if it's because of injuries. I don't know yeah. if it's because of these short weeks, we can't put in a lot of different hiccups like we used to be able to with the earlier games but I mean we're like five days five days six days on these three games in a row it seems so we have our first game that seems like forever that we get over a week to plan for so hopefully we see some more wrinkles coming up for the Cincy game yeah yeah and and honestly same answer for me on that I think it was more way more visible earlier in the season Matt Canada's whole trademark is the pre-snap motion and confusing defenses before the ball is even snapped if you watch his work at Pitt or NC State, or any of his work at the collegiate level, it's all over the team. Like, they're actually really, really fun teams to watch, and it's yeah, the most, are. like, college <laughs> offense ever. Yeah. It's just crazy. It looks insane to watch, and you're watching it, trying to imagine being a defender and keeping track of everybody and keeping your assignment straight throughout all that motion has got to be brutal. And like you said, it's become a much more vanilla offense for the Steelers, I think, as the season stretched on. So to answer the question, I don't think his stamp is very prominent right now at all, if at all. You know, the jet sweeps, I think, are about the extent of it. I did see one or two of those against the Bills, I want to say. It popped back up, and I was like, hey, there it is. But And and even sometimes just faking the jet sweep, you know, that's also a candidate. So, yeah, it was there a little bit, but hasn't been there like like earlier in the season. Yes. Uh, Steeler Pride asks, who is responsible for the offensive game plan each week, and who decides when adjustments are made to the game plan? I mean, it kind of steps back to – Obviously, your offensive coordinator, Randy Feekner, has got a big part of it. I know, you know, Canada's got a big part of it. Ben Roethlisberger's got a big part of it. 
course, Tomlin's going to talk. And then you've got your position coaches, which Tomlin just talked to today about having, um, you know, Ike Hilliard in there and liking his input in there with the offense. So obviously you're running back your offensive line, tight ends, coaches, and and wide receivers coaches are going to have some say as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a big old brainstorming session, I think, to answer that question. You know, they all get together. They all have their input. And for sure, varying degrees of input. And Tomlin will have the final call on it, of course, and Mm -hmm. be able to implement it. So as adjustments go, I'm sure that's, you know, Tomlin's job mid-game to communicate that if he sees something. But at the same time, if Matt Canada sees something or, hey, I mean, we even saw it earlier in the season, Josh Dobbs noticing things and telling Roethlisberger, it's a team game for a reason. Like they're all allowed to pipe up and say when they see something needs adjusted. And then it's just, you know, up to authorization. I don't know if Tomlin needs to actually approve it or if they just go for it or what. I I've never been on an NFL team to know that process, but I would love to, but uh, yeah. Great. So the second question here too, from Steeler pride is kind of building on his first statistically speaking, the offense has been much more productive with Ben calling plays as well in the hurry up offense. Why is that? That's <laughs> that's the million dollar question right there, man. I I'm sorry. I wish I wish I had an answer for that. But we talked about it earlier too that it hasn't been working the same as it was earlier in the season. But I agree with you that over the years it seemed that the no huddle offense was always so much more effective with Ben. And I think that's partly Ben's ability to read defenses and do what he does and be a Hall of Famer for a reason. You know, he's very special at what he does. But I also think it's whenever you have the amount of weapons that the Steelers have, that's just impossible for defenses to keep up with on the fly. So yeah, I, I've always been a big fan of it in general. But I, again, lately it hasn't hasn't been working any better than the normal game script. So I don't know, but I think I think that's more of an anomaly, man. That's one thing that I am not worried about moving forward. I think that's just kind of coincidence, whatever you want to call it. The offense in general has been so predictable lately that I don't think the two minute catches people off guard the way it usually does. And that's a great point. That's what I was going to say, Hunter, is that it was the two minute offense or the hurry up offense is so different than the offense we normally run, which is kind of a way to kind of shock the defense into, Oh, well, we didn't plan for this. Mm -hmm. And Steelers look like they can move the ball with ease. And it's something that they always kind of have in their back pocket that they're able to utilize. But yeah, but like we were talking this last two weeks, it's, we've been killed, absolutely destroyed. Like our two minute offense is the reason why we lost these last couple games, which is unfortunate because it's such a strong point for this team. So, you know, hopefully it was just, you know, the the part of the season where we have a little bit of a lull, you know, that part of the romantic comedy where the guy, the girl leaves the guy and then he's got a winner back. So hopefully uh, (laughs) Ben will be winning back this offense for all of Steeler nation here down the streak and take us to the the promised land because that would be awesome. I love Um, that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, given the wide receiver issues with drop passes why not get more throws beyond the sticks to take some pressure off of them for yards after catch deeper roots and for me I always say that the deeper roots though it's your plus and your minus like our offensive line has been getting help and Ben has been helping out his offensive line the best that he can by getting this ball out as quickly as possible mm-hmm. once you start getting to deeper roots you have to hold the ball on longer so this right. is kind of like a give and take so He's worried about his knee. He's trying to get that ball out as quickly as possible. People are open. You know, they don't drop that ball. They're open. They're going to be making plays. So, you know, yes, it's nice. And when when you get those short plays, that sets up for the longer plays because, you know, you can't rush every time. You can get a pump fake in and have people jump at the line of scrimmage so they're not even rushing toward you. So that's, you know, it's a give and take. Yeah, I think the O-line is a big reason. Like you say, I think the fact that they have a non-existent running game is another reason because – 
I feel like we parrot this or, you know, we say this every week, but the short passes serve as the running game. So I feel like that's why there's an abnormally high volume of them, at least one of the reasons, not the sole reason why, but yeah, that's, I feel like, and then obviously that eats into your longer passes past the sticks, like you're talking about. And also the long passes just have not been effective lately either. You know, Ben hasn't had great touch on them. Not you've talked about the drops. There's various reasons why it hasn't been, effective so it's not I don't know that that necessarily is the solution either it's like concentration with these guys and that's what everybody said leading into the Bills game it's just concentration drops etc etc yes they were definitely this game was definitely concentration drops for sure 100% so it's one of those things that you're not it's no game plan is going to solve that it's up to the individual players to just make the adjustment then Hoot asks us Hoot Hoot Who are the next men up on the offensive line if Big Dot and Filer can't go? Dude, I I was just wondering that myself. Gerald Hawkins obviously came into the game, and then J.C. Hausner was in there as well. Yeah. So those are the next guys as far as I know. But beyond that, I guess Derwin Gray would be active. Yep. And, yep. Then I, and then after that, you're in big trouble, man. They can't go down too much more. I know they've got another – they've got, like, one of the old uh, XFL offensive linemen on the practice squad, but you hit it on the head. I mean, Hausner's already started a game at center. He'd start a game at guard if neither of them can go, and then Derwin Gray would be backing them up. And he's been on the, the roster most games this year to serve as that backup on the interior. Yeah. Dude, side note, Derwin Gray is one of the most massive human beings I've ever been around in my life. Like, really? I want, I, want him to, I want him to be good just because I think he would be super fun to watch. Like, it, just like seeing him in the locker room. And, that, and we're talking about other giant human beings, right? Like the whole team, they're all giant. Yeah. <laughs> but Derwin Gray is like 330 and shredded. Like he's not one yeah. of the chubby kind of offensive linemen. The dude yeah. is just yoked. <laughs> nice. Uh, he, uh, Hoot also asked an inside linebacker question, but I think we, we covered that pretty well during the show. Um, what reasonably can be righted before the playoffs? A lot, I think, honestly. Yeah. I mean, there's not, there's no huge, huge, huge issues. Kind of like I said at the beginning of the show, that if you feel like the sky is falling, like I, I don't think it is. Yeah. There's not massive problems. Ben's arm isn't shot for good. Mm-mm. It's a lot of health right now. If they can just yeah. get healthy in times for in time for the playoffs, that there's like your major solution. Some cohesion along the offensive line would be great. That's the yep. one thing that's going to concern me the most is the offensive line. And now I know another starter. Right. And I know that the, uh, yeah, exactly. And I know, but dot, if dot gets healthy, he may be an upgrade anyway, which I know we've talked about before as well. So I'm not again, but if dot can't go, then yes, I'm absolutely getting concerned, but I, that's the main thing for me. And I know we talk about, you know, the no sacks on Ben streak, but like we also said, pretty sure that's also a product of how fast he's getting the ball out. It's not necessarily saying that that's the best pass protecting line of in Steelers history or anything. Yeah. So the offensive line in general is, is my major concern. They need to get some chemistry there. They need to get fully healthy and they need to get back to being nasty and getting some push. I've got a question for you. And this is just off the top of my head since we're talking about the offensive line hunter. Do you think we have a current pro bowler on the offensive line this season? Zero percent chance for me. No, I'm with you. Absolutely. I'm, I, you know, th- this is one of those points where name recognition might get Pouncey or DeCastro or right. Villanueva in to yeah. the, uh, the pro bowl. But in my opinion, I haven't seen anything out of any of those three players this season that to me, that would merit being a pro bowler. Yeah. I totally agree with you, man. Completely agree. Cool. 
Steelworth has a question for us. Uh, he just read that Chase Claypool saw three total snaps in the second half of last night's game. Why? And I, I think, yeah, I think we touched base on that stating that they're trying to limit some snaps and get Washington on the field because they right. both play Washington and Claypool play the exact same position. They both play the Z receiver, which mm-hmm. is the deep ball receiver in our alignment. So if Clay's getting less snaps, it's because Washington's getting more. Clay was the one that was taking all Washington snaps there at the beginning of the season. So right. it's given a take. They saw something that they liked with the matchup with Washington. He got the touchdown early. So they, they were sticking with him there. It looked like for the second half. I mean, Washington's earning snaps as well. And that's not to say that Claypool hasn't, you know, he's been great as well, but it's, it's getting harder and harder to deny James the opportunity when every time he comes in, he makes a play like that's that needs to get rewarded in the NFL and the Steelers are currently rewarding it. So I have no problem with that. I like, limiting chase right now i think he is a guy in the future who they're never going to take off the field like he's going to be irreplaceable in the future but for this season i like him as more of that splashy big play threat that can just stretch out the defense and here and there make a huge play cooley man asks why was watt on the sideline with the bills deep in steeler territory I was wondering that too, man. I thought he was hurt. I, he looked tired, yeah. And I was wor- I was worried that he was injured, but I, I genuinely think he was just winded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looked like it to me. It looked like he was breathing hard on the sideline yeah. too when I saw on that drive. And also, Tomlin mentioned today, you know, three games in twelve days. We don't have ex- extended rest after it. I mean, he was trying to limit everybody's snaps, giving them the, the rest that they need as this game goes on. And he did the best that he could. I mean, they were overworking the heck out of Watt in that game anyway, and he was he was working yeah. it as hard as he could. So, you know, kudos for at least giving him a little bit of a breather. You got to take him out sometimes to get a breath. But, yeah, it's hard. It when might be a byproduct why they got deep into our, <laughs> it's into hard. our territory because he wasn't on the field. And um, it's, even harder. it's even harder to do your job when guys are bear-hugging you and holding you every single oh, play. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, those neck tackles, man. They're they're the Unreal. ones that always get when the guys like you see this, yeah. and they, yeah. there's like no body anywhere. It's this, and the guys like oh, I'm yeah. trying to get at a quarterback, and they're yeah. like that I know, is a hold every time. I know that sounds every like time. the most Yinzer take, like it's the most Homer take ever. However you want to say, but dude, you can't. There's no way you can objectively watch these games and think that T.J. Watt gets a fair shake. He just does not. It's kind of like well, though you know. James Harrison was that high motor guy too. And the, but the thing with James Harrison too, was he, he was so much shorter than everybody. Yeah. Like everybody was neck tackling James Harrison. Because that's right. That's where the, you where grab. he is. Yeah. That's all you <laughs> can he, grab. Yeah. He's doing a, when he's doing a club move or a, a, a bull rush and then a, like a, a bull rush club and coming right across. Yeah. So that's unreal. It's <laughs> I unreal. Loved, I loved watching that guy play. Man. For sure. And, uh, <clears throat> Cooley man also wanted to know, do you think Washington should have drawn a pass interference call on that deep pass that was picked off? And obviously that was the last play of our offense in that game. I do. I genuinely do, man. That, that play bothered me because James Washington is a guy who does not give up on plays. He's a high motor guy, high effort guy, super professional, you know, balls to the wall hustler. And to see him kind of give up on the play and look for the call instead. And then, after the interception was made, not really try to make a tackle. It, that sucked to see because that's not James. That's not the James Washington that we know. So, yeah, that, that play bothered me, man. Like, full disclosure, I, I was disappointed in James right there. Yeah, I mean, I understand why it – like, to me, yeah, bang, bang, you're watching it. it. I can see why it wasn't called. But, yeah, you slow it down. It looked to me like it was pass interference. And, you know, unfortunately, we can't review pass interference calls this, this year. Thanks, Seattle. 
I mean, it didn't work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was, that was probably one of the worst decisions ever to use. For, Unreal, yeah. For instant replay anyway. I mean, it's way way to slow down the game and make it more, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not 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 let the players determine the outcome of the game. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, Mad Insomniac has a question. Last question from Steeler Nation. Then we're going to be taking some more questions here from Twitter and Facebook. So make sure you get your questions up here. Uh, Mad Insomniac asks, do you think we are playing coy on offense like we did in 05 and we'll come out with a totally different scheme once the postseason starts? Or are we just intelligence deficient on offense? <laughs> That's the nicest way you could possibly put that. Good <laughs> very, job. Very that, eloquently posted. That was. That, <laughs> that was. I like that. Um, so I kind of alluded to this last week as well in saying that they kind of hampered Canada's input because they don't want to put too much on film, that they kind of thought that they could just beat Washington and beat the Ravens without doing those things, you know, just take it easy and win. Um, obviously they did not beat Washington and they did not beat the bills and the bills are certainly not a team that you can hold anything back against. So I think that theory is slowly being disproven because it, even though after last week I was like, all right, maybe they learned their lesson, but if they did it again against the bills, that's taken it to a whole new level. You know, that's a different level of chess that I don't think they're playing. <laughs> I think, I think they're just, as he put it, intelligence <laughs> deficient at this point and not making plays. Yeah, and, and for me too, like, I will see your – concede your point too, Mad, in that I think that this wrinkle, these last four games with the Steelers not performing as well on offense is going to kind of force the Steelers to come up with some wrinkles as we enter the playoffs. And that is like I'm saying, if, if we clinch the division this week, there's really no real benefit to who wins the next – two games we're getting a two or a three seed and we get a home game and it's just you know maybe we start instituting the new Canada plays that we couldn't get on these short weeks maybe we see a lot more wrinkles I mean I could honestly see that happening and if if we're you know resting starters then essentially we're going to treat it like these next two weeks like our bye weeks yeah and here's the flip side of that that might be concerning if I wanted to play devil's advocate with the way the Steelers offense is playing right now with kind of no chemistry, no real rhythm. I don't know that that's the time that you want to start throwing new wrinkles like that in anyway. Like maybe that's not the playoffs. I mean, like the playoffs would not be the time to experiment unless you have that stuff worked out in the regular season when it doesn't matter. Like you said, those last couple of games that don't matter, maybe go ahead and test it there before trying it in the playoffs. Well, it's what you do though. Playoff wise anyway. And even for Super Bowl, you do, Every team puts in a wrinkle. Every, every team, whether it's sure. one, two, three, four, five plays, you do institute plays that you normally don't have on film in certain situations, so you don't get killed on them in those situations when you're playing a team that, you know, by the time you're at the Super Bowl, you, teams know how to review film. They understand your whole playbook. They know what you're going to run. So if you can throw like like the Eagles did when they ran the Philly Philly play, mm-hmm. the reverse pass back to um, yeah yeah uh, yeah to uh, Nick Foley and Dynamite. Um, he, nice. He, that was a heck of a play. I'm from the Philly area, so I love all I the like, I've never heard and, that one, but that I love is, it. That's my favorite Nick Foles uh, nickname ever is Nick that's Foles. That's good. <laughs> and, uh, but that, that was just the perfect play at the perfect time because they'd seen that run as an edge run every time. That's what mm-hmm. they had their film on. And then they pulled up and threw it, and <laughs> Belichick and Ernie Adams choked on their freaking coffee. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, wouldn't, it, 
Wouldn't it be hilarious if the Browns were like perennial Super Bowl contenders, but they were saving all their good plays for the playoffs all these years? <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, when we get there, we got them, but they're just 0-16. It's like, oh, you should probably, probably break out some of those good plays, bro. <laughs> well, they should have kept Belichick if they wanted that to happen. Hey. <laughs> but so that's all the questions we have from SteelerNation.com. We'll roll it over here to Facebook, Twitter. If you have anything else, pop it up here and we'll read it after the Facebook questions. We've got a lot on Facebook here today. So we got awesome. Richie again. I'll just start at the top. He asked, where where do we go? That Oh, I'm sorry. I missed Crystal. You know what, Richie? We're putting Crystal. you on Punch me. Crystal, <laughs> what, well, I, what do we have to do to get back on track? Is it so many games too close together or are we falling apart? The Browns are going to be tough. So, I, I mean, we've covered this pretty much at length throughout the entire episode. Yeah. For me, it all starts with the offensive line. Once they can get their push back, that's going to change the, the whole dynamic of the offense. And I think you'll see a lot of problems go away. I know the offensive line and the trenches in general are not the sexiest position to look at. You know, you'd rather say, oh, do a – Deontay needs to catch the balls, which he needs to do that too. But it all, it all starts with the O-line. So I think once we see that get back on track, the defense is fine. I have zero concerns about the defense besides the health. I need yeah. everybody to start staying healthy and get healthy. But other than that, I think they're fine. They're not falling apart. It's a rough patch. They're, they're fine. And I wanted to make a quick point about the defense. I agree with you completely on the offense. Um, one aspect of the defense that I haven't touched on yet this year, but I talked about it a little bit last year, and that was the health of the H's. And I'll go with the triple H's on the defense. And that is Hayward, Hilton, and Hayden. Nice. When you got all three of those guys healthy with the other H, these guys, we don't, win, we don't lose games. We don't right. really lose games when those three guys are firing. And Very now true. we get to add in another H here with Highsmith. So, nice. Uh, and Hunter Homestack here telling us what to do. I wish, see, I wish your middle name was Harvey so I could call I you. I know. I know it's an A, unfortunately. <laughs> and we got we got Jim saying we have no power back, thus the running game suffers. And Jim, appreciate the comment and input, but I'm going to politely disagree with you on that, man. I don't think it's the back. I don't think who put in Larry Sonka behind that line, and he's not going to change things. I don't think it's the lack of a power back or anything. Like like we've said, it's the it's the O line. I, I kind of made the joke comment last week that Barry Sanders wouldn't do anything behind that line. And I, I, I half mean that yeah. <laughs> like, it's just Benny Snell, James Connor, they're fine, but yeah. every running back NFL needs caliber backs. Yeah. Still, we're still developing McFadden or McFarland. Sorry. And, yeah. um, uh, and, uh, what's called, and Samuel Samuels showed again last week, yeah. two solid games in a row for Samuels showing what he can do, picking up, some yardage both with his legs and and being a pass catcher yeah and he actually led all running backs and snaps so good good for samuels there yeah um now we got you richie we're back okay. we got you where do we go this draft in the first round future franchise qb running back offensive line i'm gonna go with the third option there and say offensive line early because yeah. it's very clear that they need the help, A, but B, they also don't have the depth that they usually have or that they hope to have. Yeah. Whenever these guys start going down, it's like a pretty clear drop-off in talent, in my opinion. But bigger than that is that kind of what you said earlier, Stryker, I don't think they have a pro bowler. Like, I don't think David yeah. DeCastro is no. the David DeCastro we know, and Marquise Pouncey is the Marquise Pouncey we know. So it's clear that even if they have, you know, one or two years left in them after this, the time is rapidly approaching, and that's not – 
Look at the Bengals. They got Joe Burrow, and he got injured out for the year because the dude got hit 30 times yeah. a game. Like, you got to protect your guys. Yeah. That's the place that you cannot fall behind on or nothing else matters. So, for me, it's offensive line. And I'm with you there. Like, center, guard, tackle. I mean, you can go all three spots on the offensive line because we know Pouncey's getting to the end of his career. Guard a little bit less because we hit – I think we hit hit with uh, Dotson last year. Um, but tackles, I mean, AV is leaving, probably going to leave in free agency as well as a uh, filer. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least tackle wise, we get Zach Banner back, even though he's a free agent, I think he can be signed to another contract right. and he can come in and be a road grading and uh, tackle as well. So yeah, more, I'm more concerned with the interior of the line. If you're going outside of those positions, we still need a tight end. Yeah. Um, because Vance McDonald, he's a free agent, I think after this year. And still need more depth at outside linebacker. You can't have enough edge players and you can't have enough cornerbacks because now we have both of our, both of our nickel corners are up this year. Yeah. So, you know, unless we think Justin Lane's going to come down and play nickel like Sutton or Hilton, which I don't think he can. It's um, not his skill set, really. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, they, they need a lot of help, and they need Ben's replacement. But Ben's replacement, I, I'd wait a couple years. I'd wait for that bad year before I go draft Ben's replacement when you got a chance to only have to move up a couple yeah. spots to really get that guy you want when you're drafting around the 10 spot. Sure. All right, we got – hey, on that – on exact – good question here from Bill DeJoseph. 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 I don't DJ. know how you say it, dude. I'm sorry. DJ, what's up? <laughs> said they're gonna finish i assume he's saying they're gonna finish 12 and 4 out in the first round ben's arm is done we're in trouble the next eight to ten years your thoughts so 12 and 4 sounds reasonable i'll I'll give you that i like i could see that for sure i'm okay with that out in the first round like hey man dude if they play like they have been they're out in the first round you're 100 correct there no doubt yeah but but kind of like we said all episode i think there are adjustments they can and will make i don't think they're that bad They should be able to at least win one. And I'm not counting them out as a Super Bowl team either because the team we saw earlier this year that was so exciting is not gone. You know, they just need to make adjustments and figure this thing out. I totally agree. It's trending in the wrong direction, Mm -hmm. but I'm not ready to just bury them because of that. And then in trouble for the next eight to 10 years. I mean, I, I can't agree with that just because the way the Steelers organization is run, they're not going to have a law like that. Even without Ben, even finding Ben's replacement, they'll figure something out. They showed last year they could go eight and eight with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. So yeah. you got to think they'll find somebody better than that long term. And whether that's a trade, I'm intrigued by the idea of like a Sam Darnold coming to Pittsburgh, something like that. Yeah. I don't know if it'll even be through the draft, but or, just or even a, a Winston, like a, a yeah. James Winston, because that, that's a guy that I I'm not like so many people want to disrupt <laughs> this dude and say, hey, he had 30 interceptions, yeah, but he had 30 damn touchdowns. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, teach that. <laughs> and he couldn't see. League. I mean, change the offense a little bit to his strengths. Yeah. And hopefully he doesn't throw as many INTs. I mean, that's... I agree, man. I agree. But yeah, dude, I, I understand like why you would be feeling this way right now that yeah. like they're in trouble for eight to 10 years. The past couple of weeks have been completely gross. Like the games are not even fun to watch, but I don't, I would hold off on that a little bit is all. And for me too, like I did, call the Steelers at being 12 and four going into the season. And, you know, the sad thing is at this point, if I'm right, I'm right in the wrong way because yeah, you don't you want to be trending like this down yeah. in December, right. okay? getting three of your four losses of a 12 and four season in December. It, uh, yeah, doesn't, right. it doesn't trend correctly. Sure. But, but like I said, too, it, even if they do end up 12 and four, they win this week 
and they're starting to lose the next couple games because they're starting to rest starters. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's that trend is fine because you've got to have this team as healthy as possible and Ben as healthy as possible to go anywhere in these playoffs. Absolutely. Um, how long is Hayden out for? We touched on, so we can yeah, skip looks over like he's that. Coming back this week. Yeah. Why not put Ray Ray McLeod in at wide receiver? I think I think they simply have better options, man. I, the drops are not a huge. Yeah, I know. I mean, they literally benched Deontay, but even when you yeah. bench Deontay, you know, James Washington, Claypool, you have to go down the list before you get to McLeod. He's not a good route runner. Doesn't have excellent hands. He's very fast. Yes. That's pretty much it. But that doesn't. He's small, you know, that it's not, they just don't need him. I mean, that's honestly why they simply have better options. And unfortunately with Ray Ray too, it seems like he's taken a step back in the returning game and he's not as like, he's fair catching when he shouldn't fair catch. And and then he doesn't fair catch when he should. So he's taken some big, he's taken a couple big hits Mm -hmm. just because he, he missed timed or didn't fair catch it. And then this last game, he had a couple options where, he didn't have to fair catch it, and he had a chance of making some people miss and getting some plays right. off. But even when he's running with the football right now, he doesn't yeah. feel as electric as he did early in the season when he was first returning these kicks. And he was putting up numbers we were talking about before, Hunter. I mean, these numbers were close to, like, all pro numbers. And yeah. definitely, like, killing DJ's numbers from the previous season, at least on caliber with those types of return yards, especially on punt returns. It's crazy. Now, I mean, do, do we feel that he's going to rip one off? I, and right now, I don't feel like he is. Yeah, I'm right with you, man. He's been disappointing, trending down as well, no yeah. doubt. But hopefully he turns um, it up too. I'd lo- I'd love yeah. me some Ray Ray. Yeah, for sure. And some Ryan Ray also Ray. asked, it, is this game for the division, which, yes, it is. If they beat Cincy, they win the division. Yeah. Um, Richie again. Richie's all over the chat. Hey, by <laughs> the way, th- I like this question because for two reasons I'll explain. Have we seen – bud dupree for the last time in a steelers uniform so for a it's just a good question b richie trains bud dupree boxing richie's a pro boxer and a boxing trainer so go check out sanctuary boxing club um to check out richie's latest endeavor man he's an awesome guy and he actually works with quite a few steelers as well steven nelson and devin bush boxing as well so richie's that dude and has a close connection with bud and honestly richie i feel like you're setting me up because you probably know better than me (laughs) You know Bud better than me, but I would say, I would say, oh man, I I don't know, dude. I'm totally on the fence on this question. I think we have probably seen Bud Dupree for the last time in a Steelers uniform, and that brings me a lot of sadness, man. I don't want that to be the case. Bud Dupree's the man, you know, he's easy to root for. He's just a fun guy, really great guy, but he's also a flat-out beast. Like Alex Highsmith, as much as I – love Highsmith's game and think he's going to be great. He's two he's years behind Bud, Bud yeah, Dupree. Yeah, he's got at least two years before he gets to where Bud Dupree currently is. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I unfortunately think we have, though, just from a pure financial perspective. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to, Hunter. It's free agency, and it comes down to who are we going to keep? So, you're, you know, do I want to keep Bud Dupree, if that's the question? Yes. Yes, I'd try to keep him, but the problem is – if the Steelers decide to keep Bud Dupree, who are you going to get rid of? If you're going to keep Bud Dupree and pay him his 20 mil a year, that means that you're probably not going to be paying Watt his 20 mil a year when he comes up the, the following year. So yeah. if you're going to ask me, would you rather keep Watt or Dupree? I'm keeping a guy younger that's got a, his whole career ahead of him with, with a, a little bit higher um, 
ceiling, in my opinion, or at least higher uh, work productivity that he's, that he's shown. I don't see a fall off in Watt's game, the way sure. that family prepares and plays football. And then sure. the other thing is, then the, the second question is, you got to use the franchise tag on somebody next year. Bud Dupree is an option to keep via franchise tag. But That's what how, Richie said. How well does it work franchise tagging a Steeler player two years in a row? Doesn't work. I it's think we expensive. learned our lesson after yeah. Bell. I don't, and especially uh, at that position. Yeah. It, it being, it's, that's an expensive position. And to me, I think they're going to utilize that tag to Juju Smith-Schuster to try to at least keep him on roster to either tag and trade to get some value or to sign him to a long-term. Yeah. Yeah, man. I totally agree. And Richie brings up an excellent point as well. Just following up on that, he said, Watt is not the same without Bud. It's that simple. And and we talked about that, you know, last week as well, the way that they worked as a duo. Yeah, as, as amazing as TJ Watt is, and nobody at all will dispute that, it simply works better when you have more weapons around him. And when you exactly. have a guy like Bud on the other exactly. side, there's no doubt. I mean, we see that throughout the years with the Steelers team. It seems like Woodley and Harrison you know Porter and Higgins like it's always a duo it's not yeah. it doesn't work the same whenever you lose one of the guys man so I definitely agree with you on that and uh it's just unfortunate franchise tag like you said Richie yeah. and like Stryker just said it is an option but it's going to get very expensive and it also limits you from doing it with Juju so I don't know I don't know man it's sad I hope that we have not seen Bud's last game in Pittsburgh I'll put it that way and for me too just coming off of that edge Two games ago, Watt still put up his numbers. I mean, with that was his first game without Bud, and he he played an amazing game. Last game, it seemed like they really schemed to stop Watt that past game, which is why he was so winded. Though it's it seemed like he was running deep on he was trying to speed rush. It seemed like that whole game because they yeah. were they were chipping so much on the inside that he really had no way to come inside, and he was running he was sprinting the whole game. So that was an interesting way for them to attack Watt in that game. Yeah, and it wasn't his best performance. I mean, you saw him kind of wear down, get tired, like we said, yeah. winded. It's not the things that you want to see, but he'll be back. And actually, it was strange to me because right before the half, I texted my friends and uh, said, like, Watt is going to have a huge second half because he was, he was getting close. He wasn't making the plays, but he was consistently beating that right tackle and just getting close. And it was the kind of thing where I was like, he's going to wear that guy out by the end of the game and it's going yeah. to get nasty and yeah. just the total opposite happened. Walk yeah. got worn out instead. So yeah. that was baffling to me, man. So I don't know if rest is the answer. If he was a little hurt or if he'd need somebody like Bud on the other side. Yeah. I, I don't all, know, all valid points. All yeah. valid points. Yeah. We'll find out here in the next couple games. Yeah. If he can't beat the Cincy offensive line, we've got big problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Is that all the questions on Facebook? That's, that's it on Facebook today. Excellent. Hey, thank you, Steeler Nation. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you, Twitter, for providing some awesome questions uh, for us for today. We really appreciate it, as always. And hopefully we can go out and get this win and close up the division <laughs> this week. So this Monday. This kind of sucks. Like, it's so weird. I'm so used to seeing, like, it seems like a Steeler game every other day. Yeah. And now we have to wait through a Sunday to a Monday night to watch the next Steeler game. It seems I like want to – I want a Sunday one o'clock game again, just like you, man. There's something so nice about <laughs> yeah. that. Just vegging out on your couch with a beer and watching some Steelers football at 1 PM, but got to wait till Monday now. Yeah, you do. And Hunter, thank you again for providing an excellent hour for with me, man. I always love talking with you. It's always great. Anything new going on with your life here? seems like we haven't, we yeah. haven't chewed the fat. Always moving, man. So actually today just got announced. I got a new MMA podcast of all things going on the Brawl Network. So 
awesome. I'm joining I'm joining the Brawl Network as their managing editor and still awesome. doing all my other stuff as well. You know, I'm not leaving anything behind. This is just yeah. I'm putting putting a little more on my plate right now and gonna start a new podcast with my one of my best friends, one of my mentors. We've worked together a lot in the past, Dwayne Finley. So yes. we're going to be starting a podcast there. If you guys are into MMA or fighting at all, for sure, check it out. It'll be all over my socials and everything. So if you just follow me, I'll be sure to flood you <laughs> with podcasts <laughs> and, and all the other stuff that I'm doing. And we'll be sure to promote that too, because Steeler Nation, if you didn't know before, I mean, Hunter used to be a reporter and used to follow the MMA. So he really knows his MMA stuff. So this is really, it's exciting to me because this is probably going to be a podcast I'm going to start listening to. Because nice. I love watching MMA, but I don't yeah. know the fighters as well and as depth as like you guys. You live, yeah. you know, you know how what it takes to train to 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 do and create like change your body to be that type of athlete. Right. To me, it's going to be so fast. It's going to be very fighter focused. We're going to have awesome. some awesome guests. You know, we're going to have fighters on as guests all the time. Managers, other journalists in the game. Man, we're we're really well connected in that space. So I think it's it's going to be a really fun time. Oh, that's awesome. And everybody, guys, reach out to, to a Hunter on Twitter, on Instagram, at Hunter A. Homestek. That's at H-U-N-T-E-R-A-H-O-M-I-S-T-E-K. And until next week at 2 o'clock at, on Tuesday will be our next time, right a day after the game. So we'll be able to talk about this since the game, and hopefully it's a victory. We got to write this, uh, this losing streak. It's only losing streak so far the season. Of course. We're going to end it. 12 and 2 when we come back, we're going to be I appreciate all the questions, guys. That was like one of the most engaging podcasts I think yet. So that was really cool to yeah, have I all the questions. Yeah. A lot of new faces. Hopefully you guys join us next week and we'll see you then. All right, see ya. See ya, Hunter. Later, man. All right. Steeler Nation, visit our title sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises on Twitter to be part of their sign merch giveaway. Remember, we got that Jack Ham signed jersey and that Heinz Ward Gotham jersey to win today. All you got to do is jump onto at Total Sports ENT, like it and retweet it. Easy as that. Chances to win. Check out their shop, www.tseshop.com. Up to 65% off everything in the store. Just check and see what they got. Great gift ideas and great unique stuff for Steeler fans. You too can get great unique gifts like our great shirt that I'm wearing for Steeler Nation, established 1933 on the SteelerNation.com gear page and apparel page. So come on over and get some great gifts for the family. You got one more week till Christmas. Gear up with Steeler Nation, guys. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the internet. Click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews or click on the forum button for the best football discussion on the web. Subscribe to the SteelerNation.com YouTube channel to be the first to know about our vidcasts and uploads at www.youtube.com backslash C backslash Steeler Nation. Tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at Steeler Nation com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast and Instagram at Steeler Nation podcast. And follow your host G Striker here on Twitter and Instagram at SN Striker. Striker spelled with a Y. And thanks for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host G Striker with Hunter Homestack rooting along with you, as always, go Steelers! The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. 
Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.